Welcome to this week's podcast from Fearless LA. For more information, check out fearlessla.com or explore the Fearless app. Thanks for listening. This is Fearless Los Angeles. in church today. Come on, somebody. Let me hear you. (laughs) I just wanted to do that so anybody that's new cannot get nervous if that happens during the preaching because we like to have fun in church. Why why should God be boring? God is not boring. He's, He's the most radical, exciting. The presence of God is not boring. We are. And we need to step into what God is. He is exciting. He is passionate. He is full of life. In fact, he told his disciples, my church will be a church full of energy. Then he said this, not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. (sighs) Do I have some people that are ready to knock on the gates of hell in downtown LA and say, we got some energy? I'm not talking about Pentecostal. I'm talking about biblical type Christianity. I'm not talking about some kind of super Christian. I'm talking about normal Christianity. Raise the sick. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cast out demons. I'm talking about people that want to get on fire for Jesus. There are a few things. The Bible says there are a few things that cannot, there there are things that cannot be stopped and one thing that cannot have enough. And the thing that cannot have enough He puts the word fire. Fire cannot have enough. It can never have enough. You see, you might have came in here dry today, and I'm about to tell you something very dangerous. Fire can't have enough. I'm dry. How's God going to touch my life? Fire can't have enough. God is fire. He is on fire with his love, and his love cannot have enough. So if you are dry, if you are broken, if you are hurting, the God that I serve cannot have enough hurting broken people that he can love on. And his love is always greater than our brokenness can ever hold. And even if we're broken, he pours out anyways, and he uses us, the brokenness in us, to flood people around us. You see, I'm just a misfit. I'm just a broken person up here just being poured into And God is going to pour out into you. And I believe that this won't stop here. You see, the greatest thing is not us gathering, it's us scattering. Tomorrow at your job, when you dance, when you sing, when you paint, when you computer, when you send emails. God, computer, that's funny. That was for Andy back there. (laughs) When you gigabyte, whatever, whatever it is. This is not part of my sermon, but y'all, you're just pulling this out of me right there. That fire that's in you, it's just, who wants the fire of God to hit their life today and burn up all that's left? Come on. Proverbs chapter 24, uh, uh, verse number 3. And I do want to tell you this, this isn't an R-rated sermon. Uh, so if you are not ready for R-rated, uh, be careful. This is going to be kind of crazy. And today I'm going to talk about dating, uh, both married and uh, and, and single dating. Do we have any married couples in the room? Come on, come on. We got to keep dating. We're going to go deeper in dating. I, I'm, I'm being convicted by my own sermon. I almost just went out and practiced, but I was in another state. So we're going to go out and practice this week what we preach. Praise the Lord. And uh, dating singles. How many, any, we have any single people up in the building? Come on. 
See, all your thought, I just meant single people that aren't engaged and single people that don't have a girlfriend or a boyfriend. No, everyone, if you're not married, you are single. Until, until you say, I do, you, we, someone's still got a chance. Okay, so if you are single in the room, put your hand up. Come on, let's just see all the single people. So I know who I'm talking about. And if you see the more excited single people are, are, are passionate about not being single anymore, praise the Lord. <laughs> so we're just going to stand up all the single people on the left and all the single people on the right. No, just... That's how they used to do it. we got to grow this church. Praise the Lord. First get married, then we're going to grow the church, the kids' ministry. Amen. Proverbs chapter 24, verse number 3 uh, through 4. I, I did all that talk just to prepare you so you can open your Bible. It says this, by wisdom a house is built. And if you've been through uh, hell in a house or a rough situation in your family, raise your hand. Let me see. You've been through um, some drama in a house. And you would say, you know what, uh, hey, this is why I'm here. I'm here so that I can establish a new house, right? Because whatever you received is not what you have to believe for in your own life. And we're here, and we're going to change everything. See, my mom, uh, I don't, you may not know my mom much. Uh, my mom and dad have been married for a long time, uh, so long that I think they're, they're, more, they're just madly in love. They're like newlyweds again. They're, they're, they're crazy. I don't want to be around them all the time because they're always making out and stuff, and it's just awkward. Uh, they're looking at each other like, would you... Pay attention to us. We're here too. And, uh, and, and I want to have a marriage like theirs. I want, I want to look like their marriage. I want, they, they, literally, sometimes when I hang out with my dad, I think I'm hanging out with my mom. And when I hang out with my mom, I think I'm hanging out with my dad. It's like they're one person. They, they, they're in tune. They're in sync with each other. They're in rhythm with each other. And, and I think the, the, the older you get, the more this matures, it can actually get better as it goes, and so for some of you that just got married, and you're kind of going through, the, the honeymoon is over, and you're kind of like, what just happened? There's some hope for you, right? I mean, so some of us go, man, they should have dropped the microphone into the middle of the arena when, when we got in and said, let's get ready to rumble, <laughs> right? Some of you are like, no, that will never happen to us. <laughs> we'll be here when it happens. By wisdom. Somebody say, I'll need some wisdom. A house is built. Not by 10 ways from GQ magazine. Not by uh, 32 episodes of Oprah. By wisdom, a house is built. Not by luck. Not by you're the best. You're the smartest. By wisdom, a house is built. And through understanding, it is established. Somebody say established. By wisdom it's built, through understanding it's established, and through knowledge, somebody say knowledge, knowledge. its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. How many of you guys want to have a, a marriage someday, or, or want to have your marriage some, someday, or even right now, continue to be a room full of rare and beautiful treasures that people come to see, and they go, wow, wow, look at all these, look at this, this is not common. Rare, right? Not common. It's not going to be common what God wants us to have. Because what he wants us to have is going to represent him on this earth through relationships. And that is why there's such a fight against being single and being married. Both places there's a fight because through relationships, 
The picture of who God is in us is projected to the world, and Satan would love to mar the image of God. And so I don't know about you. I want to get in a, a, a knockout, punch-out, drag-out fight with the devil and say, I am going to fight for my marriage. I'm going to fight for healthy relationships, and I'm not going to be marked by what came before me or what even I did last year. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. I can, I will, and I must. Amen. Amen means finished, done, over. Amen. Not looking back. By knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Solomon, one of the wisest men in all the earth ever to live, which someone told us that he had like 700 wives. I don't know how wise he was when I hear that, but I'm going to go with it. I can only handle one wife. <laughs> And she could probably only handle one me. <laughs> That's my wife, amening. She's going to amen a lot today, just so you know, and probably take a lot of notes and make me do every single thing I say. So praise the Lord. Solomon says there are three things that build a house. It's not built on love, kissing, or sex. It's built on wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. It's not built on love kissing or sex it's built on wisdom understanding and knowledge and if you have wisdom understanding and knowledge you will have love kissing and sex knowledge is information somebody write down information if you're taking notes knowledge is information understanding is comprehension of the information and wisdom is application of the information information comprehension and application see it's not enough just to get the information to be filled with the thoughts of wanting to have a healthy relationship it's not just enough to bring in all the information because if you just have information you can just watch the hoarder show and realize that having a whole bunch of stuff in your house does not equate beauty in the house. Just having a bunch of stuff all out of place. You ever, you ever watch that show, Orders? Like the lady had like 10 dead cats under like her piano. How awkward was that when they find the dead cat? Like, like yeah, I just, I didn't want to bury them. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, go look it up on, on, on Google. You will find out. I am not crazy. This has happened. Someone, some lady, I mean, her house was so full with all this stuff, all these things she couldn't get rid of. And then she had no ability to put it in place to find out what needed to be in the house and what needed to be in the garage and what needed to be in the garage sale. See, see, the, cre the, 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 the power is not just having information. It's knowing which information should be in the house and which information should be in the garage and which information you need to sell at your next garage sale to the highest bidder and which information you need to call 1-800-JUNK say you need to come pick this up because these words that were spoken over my life these things, these generational curses, my family going through divorce, and the devil keep bringing that up, that does not belong in my house in the name of Jesus 1-800-HOLY-SPIRIT come pick it up right 
And so information is not it. We need understanding of the information so it will be established. The Bible says that it will be filled with rare and beautiful treasures. That's the, the knowledge. Then it, establishing it is what needs to happen for wisdom to fully come to pass. How do I get wisdom? I take information and I understand the information. And I know where the information goes. And once I apply that information to my life, I get something called wisdom. So it is not enough to come to church. It's not enough to read the Bible. It does not work like that. What it works like is when you start applying what God is saying and you start comprehending the fullness. Like, look, when we read about love, like, read that till you comprehend it. I don't get it. Okay, read it again. I don't get it. Read it tomorrow again. Look, people always say, you know, I read the whole Bible in a year. I don't care if you read the Bible in a year. Great, awesome. Check it off your box. You're religious. Awesome. I'm not putting that down, but I'm putting down the mentality that says when I read the Bible in a year, I've, I've grown and I have all this wisdom. Wisdom comes from understanding what you read. How do we understand what we read? The Holy Spirit has to illuminate it to us and give us deeper knowledge. Look, this thing is not one dimensional. It's not even two dimensional. It's 3D, scratch and sniff. This stuff's supposed to jump off the page and not even that, it's alive. The Bible said to Jeremiah, said, the word of the Lord came to me. <laughs> and it started talking. How, how does something come to you and start talking unless it's alive? It's alive. It's alive. You know, I, I pray that a whole generation would go, man, this thing is alive. It's jumping off the page. Freaking out, man. It's like God's reading my mail. It's like he's filling my gas tank. It's like that one word, man. I didn't even care about this book. It was so old and archaic and thousands of years old. I was embarrassed to even have it with me. But there is something about this one line. I can't even get past this one verse. I keep reading it over and over. And I keep, oh, God, how do I apply this to my life? And you know what I'm excited about? New Christians, people that say, I want all of you, Jesus. And they really mean it. I'm so excited about you, bro. I'm so excited about your commitment to Jesus. Just told me in the hall. He just said, you know, I didn't even know any better. I'm a new Christian. And I met with some of the, the mentors and disciplers. And I was going to have my girlfriend come live with me because to save money. I mean, it's expensive to live down here. And you said that they shared with you, hey, man, maybe, maybe it wouldn't be best to live together before you got married. Because that there, there's, there's a time where you need to be apart. There's a time where you need to grow. It's going to be tempting for you. And you said, you know what? I'm going to do that. Because I want to be a leader in the kingdom of God. They showed you scriptures, and you started living it out. And I want to tell you, because of that, God just gave you new wisdom because you did something with the information. You can be trusted with the information that's given to you. I, my biggest question I want to ask myself in life is, can I be trusted with the Word of God? Not just preach it. I don't want to be a great preacher. I want to, be, I want to have wisdom. When I'm old, I want to have wisdom. See, age doesn't mean you have wisdom. Yeah, wisdom doesn't just come with age. You can meet a whole bunch of old people that have no wisdom. It's not just young people that don't have wisdom. Old people don't either. You, you, if you want to find someone with wisdom, look for someone that's young at heart. Because this thing will make you young again. You're like, who's this crazy guy up here? Is he like 21? No, I'm, I'm 35. I dye my beard to get it to look like this. It's full of grace. Coming out. Peppered. Wisdom is the supreme or the result of understanding knowledge. 
You say, why are you telling all this? Because dating starts with understanding that God wants you to have somebody in your life. He has given you a desire in your heart to find a significant other. That desire was not put there by wrong, weird motives. That desire was put there by God. And the God that I serve is a good dad. He's not a slave. He's not a master. He's not, he's not mean. He's not angry. He's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. And the God that I serve wants to give you the desire desires of your heart see I'm embarrassed to raise my hand that I'm single so what lift it up and say man choose me God bring me my my man bring me my lady don't just bring me a guy or a boy bring me a husband don't bring me a girl Bring me a wife like Proverbs 31. Come on. Do I have any single people up in the building that need something good? The Bible, I just want to encourage you, all those yelling, you might find something first. Y'all that are too shy, too quiet. You say, why is that? Because of information, comprehension, and application. What does the Bible say? Where two or more are gathered together in one place and agree, I am there with them. And I start granting their request. So I'm going to say that again. Who, who agrees with me? You want to find a good husband or a good wife, and you, you want to be married for a lifetime. Who wants to agree on that thought that's single? Come on, if you're single, don't be ashamed. Do I have any married people that want to agree on the thought we are going to have healthy marriages? We are going to love our wives and husbands for a lifetime. You say, why are you doing all this? Because, because vision creates movement. I'm putting vision in you. See, I, I'm not, this is not about preaching. My life, when I stand up here, there's something deeper happening than preaching. I am depositing something in you that cannot get out of you. Today, I want to give you vision. Not just teach you how to date. I want to give you vision of what God wants for your life is so much greater than five rules for dating on Yahoo. It's so much greater even than all the mistakes, the one night stands, the problems, the situations, the heartbreaks, all the mistakes you knew about and didn't know about it that you thought canceled you out for having something good. I came to serve notice on the devil today and say he loves you, he loves you, he loves you. All right. Proverbs 29, 18 says this, where there is no revelation, People cast off restraint, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. 29.18, uh, King James Version says this, where there is no vision, the people perish. That word perish in the original language actually doesn't mean to die, it means to expire. It's different than to die. To expire means it was once amazing. But because it sat too long, not understanding what it was for, not understanding there was a, a date marked on the vision, it sat too long, and even what was good was wasted while it lived. Where there is no vision, the people expire. But he who keeps the law is happy. Right? Pharrell happy. He who keeps the law is happy. Not bound, not chained up, not caged in. 
He who lives by the law of freedom called love is happy. Not based on what happens to you, but anchored happy. No shift, no storm, no whatever can shake the truth that you stand on. You see, why, do you, why are you telling us all this? That, that God has someone for us. Because God had someone for Adam, and there was no one there. He found it in his rib. If God could make a person out of a rib, he could create someone on this earth full of billions of people. Right? And God said it's not good for Adam to be alone. God is a good dad. He's a good God. He doesn't want you to be alone for the rest of your life. But he wants you to first get singleness down before he makes you single together with somebody else. You'll get that at the end. It will be okay. See, one of the greatest things that will stop you from getting to your destiny is to focus on your past. One of the greatest things that will stop you from going to where God's called you and the thing that will keep bringing that stuff up over and over, the thing that will keep getting you to look at porn in the middle of the night, keep opening your, your phone and erasing it in the history, will keep getting you to date the wrong person or the whatever, will be to keep focusing on it. See, what the devil wants to do is he wants to turn conviction into condemnation. Right? God convicts you so you can be changed. The devil condemns you so you can focus on it. And the longer you focus on it, because whatever you focus on, you will move to. Back when I used to play baseball, I was really bad at it, but T-ball was better. because It was just a T and a ball, and I could do it. But what they always told you is wherever you look, you'll hit. Wherever you look, the ball's going. So if you look this way, it doesn't matter. If you want to go that way, you're going to go this way. Wherever you look, you'll go towards. So what are we looking at? My dream today is that I give you a new vision, something new to take your eyes off of the past and the problems and the situations and what the devil wants to project into your mind and get you to look at something new that God has for you that is bigger than what you thought it was. God never asks you to leave something unless he gives you something to run to. Look all through the Bible, every story, every single person that was asked to leave slavery was given a vision of sonship. The Israelites were not given a vision of new cages in a land flowing with milk and honey and giants in the land and people that wanted to hurt them. They were given a vision of promise. They were given a vision of something new. God will never pull you out. That's why sometimes church can be so religious. Here's all the don'ts. Here's everything you shouldn't do. Here's all. No, look, look. I, I, we're not into behavior modifications here. I'm trying, to, trying to work on you so we can get you holy. I can't get anybody holy. Can't do it. I tried, I tried to do it to myself. It didn't work. But Jesus can. And Jesus is not into behavior modifications. He's into soul transformations. Way different. It's like a caterpillar being cocooned. 
And all of a sudden when he's cocooned in this thing called love, in this thing called the only rule that matters, the rule of love, when he's cocooned in that something forms in his own being that he didn't even know could exist, that no one even could see was there, that actually wasn't there in the first place, but now that this cocooned him, something is shifting in him. Some of you in this room are in a shifting moment in your life right now. And what the devil wants you to do is to come out of the cocoon because it feels like it's it's almost trapping you at times, but I'm telling you, it's not trapping you. It's the difference between being planted and buried. When something's buried, it's dead, and hopefully it doesn't come back. Bury your dog. Let's leave it there. You don't want to wake up in the middle of the night and see your dog in your bedroom that was dead, and this is freaky. He's alive. But when you plant something, you expect it to grow. You expect what you put in because it was planted. Now something greater comes out. See, God is cocooning you because he's planted you in something great here. And he wants to birth something in you that is greater than what what went into the cocoon is what comes out of the cocoon. And look at this. Your old home was the mud. That's all you knew. But now that you have wings... You get to fly over what you used to live in. See, don't let the devil tell you now that you have wings, that you got to go live in that just because you landed in it. Here I am again. Guess I just got to live here. Screwed up again. I looked at it again. I went out with them. I slept with them again. We got in a fight again. Our marriage is done. It's over. We're on a good track. Here we are. Just because you landed in the mud does not mean this is your home. You have been given a new power called the Holy Spirit and the life of Jesus inside you. Just get back up again. Flap your wings again and fly over. He is calling us to something greater, folks. He is calling us to be the lights of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden, including our relationships. Are you ready to be that light? 1930s, uh, one out of every seven marriages ended in divorce. One out of every seven, 1930s. In the 1960s, one out of, of every four marriages ended in divorce. And today, 50% of marriages will not survive. That means 2.4 million people will fall madly in love, marry, buy the tux, rent the suit, get the dress, throw the flowers. And before their first anniversary, before the tux and the suit even gets returned, many of those marriages will end in the biggest, most powerful pain a person could experience. See, divorce is so painful because it's the death of a relationship. Only this one doesn't stay buried. It keeps resurrecting. Every time you see them, the pain comes back all over again. And there are many people that I, I even see you with your head down right now. I won't look at around the room right now, but I know that it's because you have gone through a divorce. And even talking about it, or you've been in the midst of a divorce, of parents, of family, friends, or people around you, sisters and brothers, and that pain just keeps coming back over and over and over again. 
It's like a wound that keeps opening. It's like the person just keeps coming back from the grave and reminding you of the pain. And because of that pain, I don't know if I ever want to get married again. I don't know if I even want to get married because I saw my parents who should have been happy and they fell in love and they fell out of love. What is love anyways? Baby, don't hurt me. I don't know if I want to get married. Seems like married people aren't even happy. Maybe we'll just live together. And all over Hollywood, all over this area, people have chosen to throw marriage away. The devil has won. But we're going to stand back up for something powerful that God wanted to represent him. And I want to tell you, just because it didn't work out last time, doesn't mean it's not going to work out this time. Because you're not the same person you were last time. And you learned some things from last time. And you watched some situations that parents and moms and dads did last time. And just because you thought, oh, I don't ever want to be it, doesn't mean you're going to be it. It might actually mean you're never going to be it. I am going to be a good dad. I am going to love my wife unconditionally. I am going to love my husband. We are going to go on dates for a lifetime. We are going to... say, how do you know that? Because of Psalms 147 verse 3 says this. My Jesus heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. My Jesus heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. I came to give you hope today. If you're brokenhearted, if you came in with wounds all over your body, here's my Jesus. You see, a great general, when their soldiers would get wounded in the middle of a battle, they didn't have ambulances. They didn't have what we have today. They would rip their own armor, rip their own clothing, and they would cover the wounds of the soldiers that were under them. The Jesus I serve did not rip his clothes. He ripped his body to clothe my wounds and if Jesus isn't enough, then what are we doing here? It's not enough to heal this damaged marriage I went through. He's not enough to heal my broken heart. He is enough. And he's already been ripped for you. It's just if you'll apply it. I came to give you hope today. There is hope for you and me. To make it to the end of this life and still be in love with the people around us. God's doing something special in this room. I, I, can, I can sense it in my bones. Here's the deal. I'm going to do this. You know, I just, I want, I just want to stop. I want to stop. I don't need to preach anymore. Here's what I'm going to do. If you've walked through a divorce or you've been close to a divorce, you've watched a divorce, or you're going through a disgruntled relationship right now, I want you just to, just to close your eyes, all over this room, everyone close your eyes, because I didn't come to preach today, I didn't come to get through a sermon, I came that the king of glory would bind up some wounds today, you've walked through some things that almost get you to second guess if you'll ever have a great relationship, maybe you've even given yourself away to a lot of people. You've been wounded by them, and you're in this room right now. You say, that's me, Pastor. 
I've almost even thought maybe Jesus isn't enough. But I want to tell you today, he is enough. And he wants to bind up your wounds today. See, a wound says something really loud. I'm hurting. I don't know how to stop the pain. Jesus doesn't want to leave you with wounds. He wants to allow you to have scars. A wound says one thing, I'm hurting. A scar says two. I know what it's like to hurt, but I also know what it's like to be healed. And Today I'm believing that people will go from being wounded to being healed. Not because of Jeremy, but because of Jesus. You're in this room. You say, that's me. You can hear the Holy Spirit knocking on your heart. You don't even have to be a Christian today. That's okay. Jesus is not intimidated by that. He said, I just don't want to live with this pain anymore. Would you just all over this room, if that's you, would you just lift your hand? That's you. And if you've lifted your hand, would you stand to your feet? Right there, would you stand to your feet? So I've been through some stuff in relationships. You know what? I don't want, I don't want what's in my past to go into my future. I'm going to stop focusing on it. And I'm going to focus on his word, which is casting vision into me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. There are probably more. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. This, this is not a church of judgment. This is called Fearless Church. Perfect love casts out all fear. Maybe even if you've been walking through some things in your own marriage, you're not divorced, you're not even broken up, but it's just been difficult lately. You've got out of rhythm. And you say, you know what, I don't, I don't want this out of rhythm. I don't want these fights. I don't want these arguments. I want, I want something new. I want something different today. I want Jesus to heal the wounds inside of me. If you're standing, would you just lift your hands to heaven? Holy Spirit, I pray right now, Father. Do something supernatural in this room, Jesus. Thank you for these world changers. Thank you for your chosen sons and daughters. Holy Spirit, I break every assignment of the enemy right now in Jesus' name. And I call forth new vision into their eyes, into their heart. And I pray your fire would burn up every weed, every thought. And Lord, they would still have the memory, but you would disconnect the pain from the memory. And they would only remember it for the sake of testimony. They would only remember it for the sake of setting others free. And like a scar that goes from a wound to a scar, you would disconnect the pain from the moment and you would bring healing now in the name of Jesus. God is washing all over you from the top of your head to the sole of your feet right now. We're just going to worship for a minute. If you want to stand and worship with us, we long for more Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Maybe if you've even gone through a breakup, you weren't married, just a relationship that was real close. And I just want to say this altar is open. If you want to come down and let the altar alter your life, 
This altar is open. We're just going to sing. We're going to worship just for a minute. we got time. We long for more, Jesus. Heal us, Father God. visions, new visions. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Jesus, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We're going to continue in this vein, but maybe you're in this room and it's not just your relation with people that is damaged. It's your relationship with God that's become to a place where you don't even talk anymore. You don't talk to him because you don't think he wants to talk to you because of what you've done, what you've thought about, or you didn't perform enough, you thought in your head, or what, whatever it was. Or maybe you felt like God let you down, he forgot about you, and you just stopped talking. Your relationship with him has become damaged. It's become to a bad level, and today you want to say, you know what, I want that restored, God. If that's you, or maybe you've never had a relationship with God, you would like to begin one today. You'd like to go from the, the, the caterpillar to be cocooned in his love right now. Jesus died on a cross to take our sin, and he rose on the third day to give us life. The Jesus we serve does not make bad people good. He brings dead people to life, and he wants to bring some dead people to life in this room today. And if that's you, all you have to do is say, God, I want that. It's free. You don't have to pay anything to have it. He already paid everything you need, and today he wants to bind up your wounds. If your relationship with him has become damaged, would you lift your hand over this room and say, you know what, I want a new relationship with God. I either want to rededicate my life to him, I want to, I want to start a relationship with him for the first time. Come on, thank you, Jesus. If you're lifting your hand, would you come just right down here in this front? I want to pray with you. I want, I want to pray with you right now and believe for a new relationship to start today. God is not intimidated by what we've done. God is not afraid of how long we've been Christians or how religious we can be. He, he loves you. He loves you. Come on, if you raise your hand, just come right down here. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. God, God, God cannot, look, God cannot heal the projected us, <laughs> what we want people to believe about us. He cannot touch that and touch you. He has to have the real you. And we have to be honest in front of a body of believers and say, you know what, that's me. I need that. All of us have done this. All of us have prayed this. And we'll probably pray it a thousand more times until Jesus comes back. God, keep healing my relationship. If that's you, run down to this front. Come on, run down to this front. Hundreds of people have done this. Hundreds of people have done this. Run down to this front. Jesus, right now, Father, would you put your hands towards these friends that are down here? If, if, if you've been also through a, a divorce or a bad marriage or you've been close to that, would you come down to this front too? You've been, you, you raised your hand at the beginning. Would you come down? I want to pray right now too. We're, we're, gonna, we're just going to do it all together right here. We're going we're gonna to just come down like a family. This is what families do. Fam, families, families get with each other in their pain and help project each other to the next level. This is, this is what we're doing. We're... Can we say this today? Dear Jesus, today is a new day. I give you my life. I give you my relationships. 
I give you all the bad thoughts. Give you all the bad memories. Jesus, disconnect the pain from the memory. Give me new life with a new vision for my life. I believe you died on the cross and I believe it was enough to bind up all my wounds and heal all my pain. I also believe that you rose on the third day. Take all my damaged relationships, including the one with you, and give me new life today in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 We're going to sing this again. Come on, can we just can we just lift up the name of Jesus all over this room? No words say sing this and I just want you this is the word of God over your life it starts with with knowledge and then comes comprehension and then comes application so we are going to see this knowledge we're going to comprehend that the God of the universe is not mad at us according to this he's madly in love with us the God of the universe is not waiting to punish you he's waiting to give you a hope and a future right he says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Then when you call on me. Ah, there you go. We're going to comprehend that, and now we're going to apply it. Can we worship that God? Can we put that in our house and it become our wisdom today? Come on, let's fill this house with wisdom and beauty and rare treasures. Come on, from the front to the back. We 
Here's what I dare you to do. I believe God was giving people visions in this front of relationships that you have. I know even Nate, you were telling about your marriage counseling that you're going through with your, your fiance. And they said, what do you, what's your vision for your marriage? You begin to write down what you want. If you're single, what's your vision? Not just for your spouse. What's your vision for your marriage? Maybe once you get a vision for the marriage that God wants you to have, you'll start knowing what kind of spouse to look for. Yeah, because if we get a vision of a spouse, we're just going to think of the physical attributes. If you think of a marriage, you're not going to think of physical attributes. You're going to think of the earth-shaking, world-changing attributes. And then once you know what kind of marriage you want to have, then you might know who, what kind of partner to look for. Might ex a lot of people out. <laughs> or it might cause you to grow. The next service, I'm going to try to get through more of this. Uh, <clears throat> maybe I'll save sex for next week, so because uh, I couldn't get to it, I think, if we did this. I want you to hear the rest of this because it's tips on dating for singles and married. So if you do want to come back, if not, uh, I preached this last year. It is on the podcast. My preaching gets better every year. So if you want to hear the new version, <laughs> it's a joke. If you want to hear the new version on here, but the old version is our very first podcast. If you can't come back tonight, you can hear it. If you're if you're a if you're an overachiever, don't go listen to it before I preach it tonight. Uh, and uh, we've had we've had a, over over this this month, we believe we're gonna have ten thousand downloads of our podcast. Uh, so go get it, go check it out, go see what God's doing through that. Thanks for listening to another powerful message from Fearless LA. You can follow what's happening at Fearless by going to fearlessla.com, exploring the app or looking us up on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. If you would like prayer, check out the prayer wall in the Fearless app. God bless you.